Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Bucks podcast. My name is Jared. Sorry for the uh, extended absence there after our Greg Alman episode. Uh, had a few things I had to take care of personally, um, but we're back on. We're covering the draft today. We're doing a mock draft. Had a few guests on to go through that. Uh, and then we'll be covering the rest of the offseason leading up to the 2023 season starting September. I don't know. There's no schedule out yet. We'll, we'll, we'll know the date soon. Um, big piece of news for the Bucks heading into the draft. Devin White requesting a trade. Now, he's definitely a talented linebacker. He, he's a guy who's as quick as anyone out there, and he's been a great pairing with Levante David. But the question the Bucks are now having to contend with is, is he worth $100 million over five years? Which is what he feels he's worth, but... Is he worth that? The numbers from PFF seem to indicate he may not be, as he's actually graded as one of the lower-rated starting middle linebackers in the NFL. He's definitely a flashy player, definitely is able to do some pretty amazing things, but is he consistent enough to be worth $100 million? The Bucks seem to think no. He seems to think he is. The rumors right now are that he may be traded before the draft, that the Bucks may end up packaging him with a pick and moving up a little bit if there's a guy they really like. So we'll see what happens on that front. I've loved having Devin White. I have one of his jerseys. Um, but the Bucks have to do what's best for the team. And if that means moving him on to, to get something else to help, then that's what it is. Uh, this episode, we did in the first round of the draft, which will be this coming Thursday. And we each alternate making picks. The one rule for the draft was there's no trades within the draft. So everybody is drafting for a team at the pick they're at as of what time is it now? It's it's Friday, April 21st. So everybody's making the pick for that team as they stand right now. Will there be trades on draft day? More than likely, yes. But we decided to step away from doing that, even though I really wanted to. And just said, everybody stay with the team where they were picking. Uh, so here it is. Here is the first round. It's a bit of a lengthy episode, about an hour and a half it took us to, t- to make all 31 picks. But hope you enjoy our mock draft episode. All right, so here we are at the first Sports Ethos Bucks mock draft. And then why would we just do the Bucks when there are so many teams with so many intriguing storylines that can play into the entire uh, NFL and, and how it's going to shape next season? So I have three guests here with me. First guest is uh, my podcast partner on the Supermax podcast. We talk about salary cap NBA leagues. So if you're just finding about that right now, this is a really bad time to join that podcast. But in like September, we'll be back with really good content. We're going to do episodes, you know, through the summer. But uh, Jared, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Let's go! It's funny, the very last podcast we recorded, you asked me about this podcast and you said... uh, I will never be on that podcast. And the very next episode I record, you're the first person I introduce on this podcast. So welcome. Listen, people say a lot of things and most of the time they're wrong because no one knows anything. So let's all draft as if we know how to run NFL uh, franchises. 
that yeah i mean you know as as uh fans sitting around we often think we know how to run an nfl franchise and then if we were put in an actual position we would i would screw actually up jets no I oh no 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 you would do better than the jets because you probably have made a trade for Aaron Rodgers already but um That's for the most part most of us would would probably suck we could all do better than i don't know the the commanders suck well maybe they're gonna have new ownership new new uh regime there we'll see um anyway Second guest, he has been on the Supermax podcast quite a few times. Um, I don't have a count. Maybe he does. Uh, Professor John, welcome. Hey, nice to be here. I, I do not have a count. Uh, it's probably a you know, half dozen times maybe. But yeah, I don't have a specific count. Um, yeah, did not necessarily expect that I would ever be on an NFL podcast. But uh, I don't know. I am a, a draft obsessive who loves the armchair GMing, so this should be fun. Yeah, I mean, we've you you and Jared and I have had multiple conversations about the the draft coming up. Uh, when you guys listen to this, it will be a week away. This podcast is dropping on Thursday, four twenty. I can't tell you what to do on four twenty, but you can do whatever you want. Uh, and then our last guest is uh, new to the podcast, new to Sports Ethos. And uh, is doing a fist thing there, wearing a a Cavs hoodie. Did they did they beat yes, the Knicks last night? They did. They uh, oh, okay. in, in in very dominating fashion. I I don't know. I don't know if we have Knicks fans here or not or listening, but uh, just checking do. to see. Okay, we might. Um, but this is Rocky. Cavs Rocky, sweater. welcome. welcome. <laughs> it's his or Cavs sweater. Rocky, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, and I'm going to do my best to talk quietly and be less annoying. Well, one of those things won't happen. Uh, talk quietly, yeah. we have hope on. All right, so here's how this is going to work. There are 31 picks in the first round because the Dolphins lost their pick in that whole owner tampering scandal with uh, Sean Payton and Tom Brady. So we're going to kind of round robin this a little bit as to every pick, and we're going to discuss picks as they come. Um, you're not seeing this at home because you're listening to this. I don't know if you're seeing it. If you are seeing it, how are you seeing it? Because I'm not putting the video up. Anyway, you're listening to this. We're using the PFF mock draft simulator to help keep track of everything. And we're about to get this draft started with the first overall pick it is the Carolina Panthers. And making that first pick is John. John, who are you going to take with that first pick if you're the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, so obviously they traded up to get one of the top two quarterbacks. And for a while, people have been projecting this to be Stroud because of the size thing. But I think the more that you just – anybody goes back and looks at the tape, you cannot teach what Bryce Young – his football – so Bryce Young will be the pick for the Panthers. He'll he'll be the, the outlier to, to beat all outliers. Um I also I think I read this week that Scott Fitter was part of the um, Seahawks front office when they drafted Russell Wilson. And yes. so um, I think, you know, I think that he, he understands that you can look past those measurables and just find a really good football player. You just don't trade him to Denver because then he becomes a really bad football player. Um, yeah. I mean, for the last week or so, this has been the way everything's kind of been leading is Bryce Young going number one. I, uh, you know, when that trade was made with the Bears, I think it was about two months ago now. Um, it feels like forever ago. The C.J. Stroud was kind of the leading contender at the time. Now we have Bryce Young in that driver's seat for that pick. Um, John, if you are the Panthers, 
why would you pick Young over Stroud? Well, like I said, it's the football instincts. It's the you know, the processing speed, the ability to not make mistakes ever, even under pressure. Um, one of the, one of the knocks against most Ohio State quarterbacks, at least under Ryan Day, has been that oh, their offensive line is so good that he's always in a clean pocket. And you would normally think that would be true of Alabama too. Alabama's line has not been good, uh, you know, certainly not in 2022, but Bryce Young had a fantastic 2021. He basically duplicated most of his numbers in 2022, did just as well with a worse supporting cast. And like I said, just the football instincts, the vision, the, the, uh, the processing speed. He can make all the throws. He, he may not have the arm of a couple of, of the other quarterbacks, but there's not I don't know, that mental side of the game is just really hard to discount when he is so clearly head and shoulders above the other folks on the middle side of the game. I, I wanted to have some sort of rebuttal for that. I have nothing. Um, when it comes to the instincts, Bryce Young is literally the best guy in the draft. Uh, I saw I saw CJ Stroud play in the Peach Bowl uh, in their loss to uh, to Georgia. And I really liked what I saw, but looking back at the film since that time, Bryce Young, I think, is the right guy for the number one pick. If he's two inches taller, there's no discussion about who the number one overall pick is. But because he is 5'11 or six foot, there is some discussion about that. I think he's a 5'10 and change. Um, he I was is, being nice. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think if he even breaks six even, there's no discussion of it. Um, because even, you know, six feet is not that big a quarterback, but if he was even six feet, you, there'd be no question. It'd be like, I mean, the Panthers would have already negotiated the contract with him already. Although right. I guess draft slotting, draft slotting, they don't negotiate anymore. Right. Right. They have that pay scale for each pick in the first, I think in the entire draft now. Um, so I think most people will be in agreement. Bryce Young, if you want to make a bet on this, uh, I would put quite a bit of money on Bryce Young being the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. Now we move to the Houston Texans. Number two, they picked twice in the first round, second and 12th. This is a potential trade spot because I, we've heard a lot of discussion about maybe Bryce Young is their guy and they're not sure on CJ Stroud, but for the purposes of this draft, there will be no further trades from what the order we have is right now. So Rocky, who do you have the Texans taking at number two, if they stay there? So I I think you guys were perfect in what you said. I think if Bryce Young was two inches taller, there would be no discussion about who who was the better quarterback. And I agree with everything you guys said. Um, that being said, the Texans who are prone to screwing up, I think I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to make the right choice and take C.J. Stroud here. C.J. Stroud is um, not quite the processor that Young is, but he is a tremendous processor. I think he showed what he has uh, in the game against Georgia and that he has a willingness and an ability to run. He can make every throw, and even in a pocket that is disrupted, he can still make the play. Um, so... There, you know, it's interesting. There's been a lot of talk about them being in love with Will Levis from Kentucky. Um, I think that they could be attracted a little bit to Will Anderson, but um, I'm, I'm going to stick with C.J. Stroud. 
I think it makes sense because they do need a franchise quarterback. Um, some mocks that I've seen have them possibly getting a Will Levis at pick 12. I don't know if he's going to fall that far. I'm sure once we get to Will Levis, he's actually picked. John will have plenty of things to say about Will Levis. Um, I know that for a fact. Um, but CJ Stroud, as it stands, they need a franchise quarterback. I mean, the last one they had was a Sean Watson, and, and now he's in, in Cleveland. Um, go out there, get yourself a franchise quarterback. I think the second most sure thing behind Bryce Young at the quarterback position. The Cardinals have a franchise quarterback. He was a, an ACL tear, I believe he had this past season. Um, so he's going to miss probably the start of the season. But they need help on defense. They need help on defense. So I'm picking for the car. Jared, I'm picking for the Cardinals, right? I want to make sure I got that order correct. Yes. Okay, good. So Will Anderson makes the most sense to me here. He is a potentially elite uh, pass rusher at this next level. And when you have a chance to get somebody like that, you go out and get him. I've seen him compared to like DeMarcus Ware, if you're listening and you remember DeMarcus Ware for the Cowboys and then won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. Hall of Famer. I think he got voted in this past year, if I'm if I'm correct. Um, absolute legend at the position. And that's the kind of where people see uh, Will Anderson's ceiling being. Um, that's who I have for the Cardinals, number three, as long as they stay in that position. This is another pick right here that could end up being traded because teams want to move up and get that quarterback, whether that's the Colts moving up one spot to prevent somebody else from doing that, or that's maybe the Raiders moving up. There are plenty of teams that want the quarterback who could trade up to number three to get that guy. And if you're the Cardinals moving down number four, still get Will Anderson. You still get extra picks. I think it's a win-win for them. The Colts are on the clock at number four. Jared, what you got? So my philosophy on foosball is you, you need the best QB and then you got to protect that QB and, and your job on the other side of the ball is to knock over the opponent's QB. And if you're good at those things, then you'll win. Now I thought like a lot of people that the Eagles would have won that Super Bowl because they had a better line on both sides, but it turns out that Patrick Mahomes is just so gosh darn good that him and a, and a experienced coaching staff ended up winning a Super Bowl. So with that having been said, you, you need a Patrick Mahomes. You need a, you need a guy who can lead you to victory, even on one leg. So I don't know if this man can accurately throw. I don't know if this man can read defenses at an elite level. I don't know if this man has good decision-making skills. But I know that he can uh, move and he looks the part and he seems quite dapper and strong. And I'm going to, yeah, that's right. I'm going to go Anthony Richardson. You need a QB, people. Keep taking chances on QBs until you get the right one. As long as you don't take white dudes who go to preppy schools like a Sam Darnold or a Zach Wilson. It's funny, the Colts, uh, they had their guy. They had Andrew Luck. They had a franchise quarterback. And he said, bye-bye. And he decided to retire. It's actually one of the funniest moments I've ever had a fantasy draft where uh, it was actually at Rocky's house and one of our mutual friends in, a, in an auction draft paid quite a bit of money for Andrew Luck. And about 20 minutes after the draft ended, Andrew Luck retired. 
so yep. that sucks sucks for Sean. Uh, he didn't get to have Andrew Luck. But then they've kind of gone every single year. It's been a new quarterback, and it's all it's the last couple of years has been Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, guys who have had very long careers, Falls. very good careers, uh, but they have not been nearly the player they were at their peak. And that's what the Colts should do, in my opinion. They should go out and get a quarterback. If they don't draft a quarterback there, I don't care if it's They're Anthony dumb. Richardson or Will Levis, they should stop existing. They're stupid. That's right. They're- and also, OJ Simpson took Andrew Luck and then on Twitter recorded a video being all like pouty about it that like he retired after he took him to fantasy. And people were immediately like, Andrew, run. OJ's going to come after you. Rocky, can you text Sean and tell him that uh, he and OJ Simpson have something in common? Yes, uh, I will. So, so John is up with the next pick, the Seattle Seahawks, who seem to have their quarterback for at least the next couple of years in Geno Smith uh, after a bounce back year, uh, really a, uh, kind of an emergent year in 2022. John, who do you have the Seahawks taking at number five? So uh, this guy was, uh, you know, for a long time was considered potentially the number one, regardless of position player on a lot of big boards. Obviously, there's a premium quarterback stocks get inflated. But then also the, uh, between the uh, off-field incidents and uh, a bad pro day, uh, Jalen Carter's sli- he's going to slide a little. But I don't think he slides far. One, uh, his case has already been resolved. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, we're, we're very worried about the off-field thing. Obviously, it was stupid to race. It resulted in somebody getting killed. We're not going to excuse that. But his, you know, from a from a running a franchise standpoint, is that likely going to be something that's duplicated later in his career? And again, the case is settled. It's not like we're waiting on him to be suspended or something like that. Year probation, I think a big fine, a bunch of community service. Um, and yeah, he had a he had a crappy pro day. He showed up out of shape, he couldn't finish. Uh, some of his measurements weren't great. But given what we've, you know, he was dealing with this legal thing. I don't know. I don't know that you give him a pass, but the talent, man, the 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 sheer pocket crushing, you know, blow up the middle of an offensive line, dominate the line of scrimmage. And, you know, this is just like the perfect marriage. Seahawks have a crappy line right now in, uh, as far as a defensive line. Pete Carroll loves to build in the trenches. Jalen Carter, again, up until Basically, the week after the national championship game, a lot of people were putting him as potentially the number one overall pick on their boards. Both uh, Carter and Anderson were, uh, a lot of people said they could have gone number one overall last year because the quarterback crop was so weak. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think that uh, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, that group takes much time on this. I think they go get Jalen Carter and uh, get a centerpiece for their defensive line. Yeah, it's a perfect, perfect need fit for them. And like you said, you know, a lot of the issues that have come with Jalen Carter have been post uh, the national championship game. If we looked at it through that game, he was he could have gone number one if the Bears decided to stay there and, and take a guy on defense. They end up trading out of the pick. I think they got a very good haul. They have a wide receiver now, which they didn't have last year. Uh, and so Jalen Carter to the Seahawks makes perfect sense to me. Um I think that's a great fit for them as yeah. long as he, can, as he can bounce back and all that. Yeah, I agree. And I think that there are, you know, there's some issues, some concerns, but I think you take the chance. I think it's worth the risk. 
I mean, he has every, you know, everything you want in that type of player. So you take the risk. Speaking of teams that never used to take risks, but now they look like they could be on the uh, edge of taking a risk and putting themselves in the playoffs. The Detroit Lions using the LA Rams pick. They would have picked sixth after winning a Super Bowl just a year ago. Uh, Rocky, you're up. Who do you have the Lions taking here at number six? So to me, I think that the Lions are a much improved team. You've mentioned it. They're, you know, many people are kind of, they're a favorable pick to maybe make the playoffs. Offensively, they look really good. So I'm going to focus on the defense here and in particular on the edge. And so I'm kind of debating between, uh, between Tyree Wilson and Lucas Van Ness. But to me, the right choice here is Tyree Wilson. And so that's going to be my pick for the Detroit Lions. I mean, the edge is definitely something they need help on. Um, yeah. One of the best offenses in the league last year, coupled with one of the worst defenses. Um, right. They really started to figure out a lot out towards the end of the season. They shut down uh, soon-to-be Jet Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the last game of the season. Um, so sign up things to come there, Jared. Uh, and, you know, I think just improving that defense is, is the right move for them. I, I was a little bit surprised with the trade of Jeff Akuda, because when you look at that Jets game, Jeff Akuda really shut down um, Garrett Wilson. So, so I was surprised by that move, but um, I'm going to trust that coach. He's, he's made a lot of right choices. Oh, I think it's an inconsistent thing with Jeff Akuda as far as the season goes. He had games like that where he showed up and showed out, but for the most part, he struggled to to live up to that number three overall pick from the 2020 draft that he was taken at. Some um, of that, though, I think is 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 that he's still recovering from the injury. He had a you know pretty major one, um, anyways. But no, I think you're right about uh, they need help on defense. So this is going to be John's favorite pick of the draft. So I'm going to let him, I'm going to, I'm going to make this pick for the Raiders and then let John just go at it because I know how much fun he's going to have. The Raiders signed Jimmy Garoppolo in the off season, but he is not their quarterback of the future. And I think in, when the draft actually comes, we're doing no trades here. I think this is a potential guy. The Raiders could trade up for Anthony Richardson. If they don't get Anthony Richardson, I think, they end up going with Will Levis. And is he the, you know, is he necessarily the seventh best prospect in the draft? Absolutely not. Is he first round worthy? Probably. But I want to leave this one to John because I know John has a lot of thoughts on Will Levis. All right. So Will Levis, oh my gosh. Um, every year it happens with one prospect or another. Uh, usually a quarterback because the quarterback premium inflates their stock. Will Levis is supposed to be, he's got the big arm like Josh Allen. He's got the mobility like Josh Allen. If you actually go and look at the stats of Josh Allen or Anthony Richardson, if you want to take a project quarterback with a big arm and mobility, um, basically the things Levis is supposed to be good at, he actually is not a standout. is a turnover machine he turns the ball over like Kerry collins um you know Ooh, shout out to Kerry collins. yeah he's got way more 
uh, mobility. So my comp that I've, I've told the guys, I think this is Mitch Trubisky 2.0. I think that's the best comp for Will Levis. And I think, um, I mean, if, I understand he's got some raw tools and maybe you have to, to take a risk on him, but I would not be taking a risk on him, frankly, in the top two thirds of the first round. I know he's going in the top, probably, uh, you know, probably the top 10, maybe the top 12 at most. But yeah, I, uh, I cannot stand the hype around Will Levis. And also, he's already 24 years old. He's already developed about as close, you know, to the ceiling as he can in college. He's one of the, you know, everybody makes a big deal about Stetson Bennett is 25, Hendon Hooker is 25. Will Levis is already 24 and he didn't do he didn't win like Stetson Bennett, and he didn't light up scoreboards like Hendon Hooker. And, I mean, yeah, some of that was Josh Heifel's play calling, but, like, there are so many other quarterbacks in this draft um, that, if you actually look at how they performed in games, are so much more impressive. Um, and and I think, you know, some team in this case, maybe it's Josh McDaniels and the and the Raiders, you know, they got seduced by Tebow, you know, when he was with the Broncos way back when. Um, but some team is going to think they're getting Josh Allen and they're going to be able to mold this raw, big arm talent into another Josh Allen. I don't think Will Levis is the guy. Um, like I said, Mitch Trubisky 2.0. I don't yeah. think he gets a second contract with the same team that he starts with. Yeah, I, now, I agree I, with I agree with this take. No, no, I, I, I think I, was... I think that's I think that's all fair. I think that's all also stuff you would, could attribute to a quarterback out of Wyoming who went to the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. That's a lot about how people talked about him coming into the draft. Now I'm not sitting here defending Will Levis and saying, "Oh, he's going to be Josh Allen." All I'm saying is there is a counter argument to what you said. That being said, I tend to agree with what you just said. Yeah. The uh, the one other thing I want to say in terms of the Josh Allen comparison, Will Levis started at Penn State with, you know, so he was playing surrounded by Big Ten talent, and then he transferred to Kentucky being surrounded by, okay, so Kentucky's not like, when you say SEC talent, it's not Georgia, it's not Alabama, but he played surrounded by major power conference talent and still looked like he did. At least Josh Allen could be like, who else was on Wyoming? What was I supposed to do? That's completely but, fair. You don't have that fallback. You don't have that defense if you're Will Levis because you played in the two toughest conferences in the country with the, the two best talent pools in the country. And you still, you know, you had one okay year, your junior year, and then you came back and you kind of stunk it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think with, um, you know, I compare Anthony Richardson and Will Levis but to me, Will, to me, he's, he's shown us what he has. And I, I, I don't think he's got much more. I think when you saw Josh Allen, you knew he needed to improve on a few areas, but they but legitimately thought they could get him there. And when you see Anthony Richardson, you see all this potential that hasn't been reached yet. And so he's intriguing. I think Will is who Will is. We've seen it now for four years. He's okay. 
that this is who he is. And I, I just, and you don't see quarterbacks that look that ripped do well in the NFL. I don't know if that's just, a, you know, a bad stereotype on my, my side, but I don't know, man, he's too muscular. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if anybody put in their notes too muscular when uh, they're picking a quarterback, <laughs> but in case they do, Rocky has a point. One more one more note I want to make on Willis before we move forward. Uh, you're looking at a potential franchise quarterback. You're looking at a guy who is going to potentially be the face of your franchise. And, and it was a note brought up by Jared. Do you want to have a guy who puts mayo in his coffee and eats bananas with the peel on? Just saying. I'm not sure if, you know. No, you that would, don't that would play right there. There you go. No, you don't. Speaking of Jared, Jared, you're up Falcons. What did I say last time? You need a QB or you're going to lose and be irrelevant. The Atlanta Falcons, the most cursed franchise in the NFL, more than the Vikings and more than the lions. Uh, they are the most fascinating team because they've been so awful and so cursed for so long. Uh, shout out to John Bullis doing that documentary on them. You need a QB. So give me the man with the best name in this draft. Give me Hooker. Atlanta Hooker, needs a QB. Right. Give me Hooker. Apparently this man lit it up so well that he was going to be a top, top, top draft choice until he blew out some part of his body. Someone please tell me if it was. Uh, it was an ACL. Extremity. ACL? Okay. I, I was yep, going to say like a, something like that. You just you you let Desmond Ritter and whoever else run the show until he's ready to go, and then I think you got a gem who's better than Will Levis because Will Levis is a circus freak who eats foods incorrectly. That's who I'm taking with the Falcon, the Dirty Birds. I I love this pick. I I love this pick. Thanks. It is a situation where with Hendon Hooker, he is not going to be starting Game One because he is still rehabbing from that ACL. Here's the only knock on him that I have, and it's something that we talked about a little bit with Will Levis, is that Hinton Hooker is 25. He's older than multiple NFL starting quarterbacks, including Justin Herbert, who's going into his fourth season. But if he's so, good, it doesn't matter. If he's good, it doesn't matter, but you also have a much shorter window with him. That's the only thing I see is that, no, you know. No, are playing until they're 45. Listen, Joe no, Burrow no, 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 is no, old. No. Hang on. Came out of the box ready to go. Why can't he? We, we cannot make Tom Brady the standard. He was Aaron an Rogers. exception. Aaron Rodgers is Jets QB. Rodgers. Aaron Ro- double check. I mean, it's potentially by the time people are listening to this, he's the Jets quarterback. Um, look, I like the pick. I do. I just don't know if when he starts for this team. And and you have Desmond Ritter there, and and yeah, I don't ready. know. Well, yeah, obviously, yeah. When you're ready, but I don't, who, I don't know if who that's cares? Are they going to take season? a running back. Like that's going to matter. They took a uh, pits. How'd that work out for them? Well, they also Get run a, a running, they run a running, uh, uh, system that doesn't oh. use passing to the tight end much. That is a whole Stupid. other thing. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So, uh, so let me, let me ask you this question, Jared, if, if which one hook, uh, sorry, not you, Jared, the other Jared. I, I'm not sure if there's a I designation. Didn't anything, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> not Jared King. <laughs> if Hendon is off the table, who would be your pick for the Falcons here? Ooh. That's a very that, good question. 
is a great question. I'm, oh man. I mean, would I'm, it be Robinson? I mean, would would you consider the running back? No, I don't think anyone should be taking running backs in like the first round or two. Just don't, just don't do it. I would be tempted to, to take the best receiver um, off the board just because you got rid of Calvin Ridley, and I don't exactly know who's catching the ball besides Kyle Pitts. Okay. I don't have the right. Falcons uh, depth it's chart memorized. Drake London's their number one, but I mean, I could be the number two right now. I like Drake London. I think I had him on fantasy uh, one I, year. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, this team just seems so irrelevant that it doesn't really matter, like, anyone. I don't know. It, it, who cares? That, that's what I think. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the – officially, he picked in a hooker, but the backup was who cares. Uh, Rocky, you're going to pick here for the Chicago Bears. They had that first overall pick, traded it to Carolina. They end up getting a haul. They get a pair of firsts, a pair of seconds, and DJ Moore. They now have a number one receiver. So what do the Bears do here at number nine? So normally, uh, the Bears, who are uh, – been a terrible, just a trash heap of a franchise recently would make a ridiculous move like take a running back. But I actually like a lot of the moves that they've made this offseason. I like the general manager. I think that they've got things kind of under control here a little bit better. And I think they're going to make the right decision and take Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle um, from Ohio State. I think last year, um, Justin Fields was running for his life. Uh, he ran a ton, and it wasn't always because he wanted to. It was because he had to. You got your receivers set. You signed a decent running back. You got Khalil Herbert. Let's give Justin a fighting chance back there to see what you've got in a quarterback. So I would take the be- what I consider to be the best offensive tackle. Why do you consider him the best offensive tackle? Is he went to Ohio State? It's the Ohio State, please. Yikes. Show some respect. All right. Uh, I've shown all the respect I need to for that school. Let's move on to oh, – no, there it is. There's, this, there's the soft boo. If only if only uh, our friend VJ was here. He probably would have gone off for about 10 Go minutes there on, on Ohio State. Uh, let's move to the Philadelphia Eagles. They have two first-round picks. This one came from New Orleans. Uh, they made the trade last year that gave New Orleans Chris Olave. Eagles ended up moving back and getting a first round pick this year. John, what do you have the Eagles taking here at number? T- I mean, this is a team that I feel like doesn't need much. I don't know what what they even need right now. Yeah, they're in great shape. I mean, they found their QB and just paid him a boatload of money in Jalen Hurts with Jalen Hurts extension. They just came out of the Super Bowl. Um, they actually retained more guys than we thought. Like, you know, they uh, they. A lot of people thought they were going to lose both starting corners and they brought them both back. So their, their roster is in really good shape, you know, as a contender in the NFC. And uh, as I have done mocks and mock simulations over the past week, they're one of the, they're probably the hardest high pick to figure out because they don't need much. And so what do you do when you don't have a specific roster need? You take, the best player available, regardless of position. And that player on almost every draft experts board is plays a position that is typically devalued, but it's also somebody that has a lot of upside. So we're going to give him B. John Robinson and make that rushing offense scary. 
Man, if, if B. John Robinson on the on the Eagles with that offensive line and the threat of Hurts to not only throw the ball but but run the ball himself, my God, my God, not a fan, not a fan. I mean, if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm obviously a huge fan of that move. But I, I no, no. Jared, I think you have something you want to say here. Yeah, I I disagree with this pick. Um, a the Eagles offense looked just fine last year, especially in the Super Bowl. They scored a lot of points. B, don't take running backs in the first round. And C, their defense didn't show up. Their defense no-showed, and they lost a bunch of people. You've got to restock that defense if you're the Eagles and you want to run it back. I hate this pick. I think the only player of note from the defense who is gone now is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who signed a one-year deal. Uh, with Detroit so maybe there's a need at safety but here's the thing here's the thing is you're playing against the most elite quarterback in the NFL in the Super Bowl Patrick Mahomes that I, I don't think anybody Knock can really debate that it, well okay you, that's the goal they didn't do it for they one didn't game do it so but fix that but, and then you're good but they constantly throughout the season against every opponent until that Super Bowl were defending so well I think this pick works because all you do is add just another like blue chip weapon to your offense. That was already one of the top offenses in the league. And now we're just like, here, here's more for it. I think they're fine on defense. You're, you're correct in saying they didn't have a good game in the, uh, in the Super Bowl. They didn't, they could have played a lot better defensively, but I think Bizon Robinson is just, it's icing on the cake. If you're an Eagles fan. Well, and they, and they have a second first round pick. And so they can shore their defense up there too. Yeah. And the one other thing that I'll say uh, to Russo's point, honestly, I think, you know, this is, if they don't go, you know, take some swing like Bijan or something like that, honestly, it's probably a trade down spot. They're probably going to, you know, extract a haul from somebody who's after one of the edge rushers or the corners or one of the other linemen. There's so many picks in this range that make a lot of sense for this range that the Eagles don't really have a dire need at. So I actually think trading down makes the most sense, but we're not allowed to trade down. So I'm taking Bijan at number 10. Yeah. And I think if, if we take away the positional devaluing of the running back and we look at who is the best overall prospect in the draft, there's a lot of people who think that just flat out who is the best player Bijan Robinson might be that guy out of everybody in this draft, and he's going at number ten. I think Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round. I rest my case. <laughs> Sometimes you hit on running back, but Bijan Robinson is—he is. He is he, I mean, Saquon's had some injury issues, but he is that level that Saquon is when he's healthy and playing at a hundred percent. Listen, you, you can make the argument that running backs are a dime a dozen, and that in order to justify taking one this high, he's going to have to be otherworldly. But I think you can make the argument that this guy might be. I mean, all of his measurables are there. He looks like he could be one of the best running backs since maybe Adrian Peterson. How many championship games did Adrian Peterson, Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott, and Saquon Barkley play in? Very oh, zero? Okay, thank you. Very right, same, same amount as the Jets. So let's move on to the Titans. We got to the AFC Championship game two years in a row recently. That was Mark Sanchez. Does that really count? Let's move on. Um, <laughs> eh, eh, we'll see. 
so moving on here, Tennessee Titans on the clock. I'm going to be picking for them. Um, I think their biggest need is wide receiver. I think that kind of, uh, well, let's hang on here. The entire thing just, just decided to freeze up what is happening. Um, while I'm figuring this out, I'm taking Zay Flowers here. He's he's absolutely risen up every draft board to the point where he's likely the number one wide receiver taken. And it's it is a point of need for the Titans. They got rid of AJ Brown last year. Uh they I, I, who was the guy they drafted last year? I'm blanking on his name now. Um, um yeah, Trey yeah, Travion. Trey Long Burks. Um they, they have a need there. And I think if a quarterback falls, if Hendon Hooker is still here at number 11, that might be a guy they take because Tannehill's not getting younger. He's he's in his mid-30s now. And like I said earlier, not every quarterback ages the way that Tom Brady did. So I think Zay Flowers is the right option here. Um, maybe not the right option, but wide receiver is the right, uh, right pick. And I think that's where they're going to go is Zay Flowers. So let's move to Houston at number 12, and I'll try to get this, this uh, website working again. Uh, Rocky, you picked for Houston the first time around, so you're up again. So I'm actually happy that you picked Zay Flowers because he was not the receiver that I wanted to pick for Houston at this spot. Um, I think Houston needs a little help with their receiver. They've, they've got a quarterback now. My heart my love wants him to go for Jackson Smith Najigba, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go with Quinton um, Johnston here. I, I, I was impressed with him at TCU, even in their loss, um, or I'm sorry, even in their uh, loss to Georgia. I still feel like he was somewhat of a bright spot. He's 6'3, 215 pounds and runs a 4-4-9. I think he's the receiver that they need to partner with Nico and uh, Dalton Schultz. So that would be my pick right here. Well, let's not forget, they they managed to go get Robert Smith. So obviously, or not Robert Smith, Robert Woods. So obviously they have a guy who was like really good five years ago. Um, yes, and, that's, and you notice I didn't mention him. No, you didn't for a reason. So we're going to move through the next, the rest of the drafts fairly quickly, but I do want to give a moment for Jared to have his chance to pick for his beloved Jets. Who's going to be playing with Aaron Rodgers next season? Uh, So, again, I'm going to keep harping on this over and over. The most important position in all of American sports is QB. To me, the second most valuable and important position is the O-line. You need an O-line. And you're all fools for not taking any of the wonderful offensive linemen on the board for the Jets. And so I considered maybe a Broderick Jones because we need a right tackle. And no, you left Peter Skoronsky. I want to say that name as cleanly <laughs> as I can. You left him on the board for me. Uh, offensive tackle for Northwestern. Um, plug him in, shift him around, do whatever you need to protect Aaron Rodgers. That's yeah, I mean, the only, the only knock on Skaronsky that we've heard in the draft process is that maybe he has short arms. If that's the case, you move him to guard. I think he's still an elite guard uh, if you move him inside there. So, uh, I mean, 
that works. The Jets need to improve that offensive line. If they got uh, yeah. old Aaron Rodgers coming in, you need to protect the old man. You need to protect by the way, your protect your ARP way. members. Go ahead. I I hate I despise measurables during the draft process. I don't think anyone has ever cared about oh tiny hands, too short, too tall, too whatever. When Tom Brady gets picked in the sixth. Russell Wilson gets taken in, I don't even know, fourth the fourth or fifth. Dak Prescott did it. Shut up with this draft press process analysis measurables. How high can you jump? Can you play? Don't give me a wonder lick. Don't give me a how small are Joe Burrow's hands. Garbage. It's all junk science. I don't want to hear it. Are you good? Yes or no? And can the coaching staff coach that person up? And is it the right no. fit? I don't disagree. I think the combine is one of the most overrated things in ridiculous in the NFL offseason. Abolish the combine. Get rid of it. No, I don't think it should be abolished, but I don't think it matters as much as we make it out to. It does not, it should not define, you should not have a guy go from being a fourth round pick to a first round pick because he ran a good 40. The 90% of what you should be putting in to this players uh the the stock of these players when you are thinking about drafting them is what did they do on the field in games what they're doing in drills at the combine meaningless it's not completely meaningless but it it doesn't mean a whole lot tom brady got a fat schmo and he's the best are you kidding i gotta push back i gotta push back some here because when you move peter to guard this will go down as a bust if you draft a tackle at this position, it's a great pick. But the reality is, I agree, most measurables don't matter. But wingspan on a left tackle, it's important. And yeah, it's not as important when you're at Northwestern playing against Iowa or playing against Purdue or Rutgers. But when you're in the NFL and everybody is Miles Garrett, it matters. And so like, I, if he, if he ends up being a tackle, it's an inspired pick. If he doesn't, and he goes to guard, he was drafted too high. No, hang on. Not everybody's miles Garrett, because if everybody was miles Garrett, the Detroit lions would have had a really, really good season yeah. that made the playoffs last year. Okay. And, All right. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. There, there's that's a lot fair. of things there with that. Um, that's fair. I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree. I think, if you get an elite guard at this level, it's the Quentin Nelson thing. That's he was drafted number five. If you, if you can get a guy who's that good or almost that good at number 13, take him, take him. Uh, but we need to move on to the next pick, John, you're going to be picking here for the, uh, what do they call them? The new England Patriots. Oh, the evil empire. All right. <laughs> um, so, you know, Belichick is always hard to, to predict you know who is he going to want last year he got what cole strange in the bottom third and most of the rest of the league had like a third round grade on him or something so i want to offer the disclaimer to that nobody knows who the hell belichick is actually going to take at 14 but there are some you know some things we can look at uh they have two really you know trent brown is about to have his contract expire and he's also aging Riley Reef is aging, so maybe they need to tackle. Um, you know, there's always, you know, a, a premium on, on, you know, important defensive positions. Um, you know, speaking of defensive positions, I'm looking at the way the board has fallen so far. 
and we're thinking the same thing. Devon Witherspoon is really good value at 14. Yeah. And he seems like a Belichick type player because he's got that dog in him. He is not just a good cover corner, but uh, he, he has the attitude to transform an entire secondary. You know, he's a leader at Illinois. Uh, he, he put up great, you know, production at Illinois. His, you know, I didn't chime in on the conversation about measurables. Measurables are basically so that you go to tell you whether to go back and look and see whether those measurables bear themselves out on tape. You know, if somebody has short arms, but you go back and look at the tape and they had, you know, no problem with people out leveraging them, then you draft the guy with short arms. But if, you know, if you find out somebody had, you know, four, six speed, and they're actually not getting that much separation on their routes, then, then yeah, you, um, you go ahead and do that. So Devon Witherspoon, great tape, great measurables, you know, leader in the secondary. I mean, Patriots, Belichick used to working with people like Ty Law, Stephon Gilmore for years. I think Witherspoon's a really good fit for them. I think that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we agree. Uh, No, I think that's a good pick for them. I mean, this is a guy who could go as high as like number five, really. So to get him here at 14, I think would be an absolute steal for the Patriots. Uh, Moving on though, to the Green Bay Packers who still have Jared's next quarterback on their roster. I think the funniest thing, I think this is not me trying to be funny. This is absolutely, I think what they are going to do. Rogers biggest complaint about them in the draft is that they did not draft a single offensive player in the first round for like, what was it almost the entire time uh, that he was quarterback there. So I think it's hilarious that the perfect fit for them at this pick is Jackson Smith and, and Jigba that he will be that pick at 15. As soon as they get rid of Rogers, like, okay, now we can draft a wide receiver in the first round. I mean, it, it, it works. I think, he, he's an easy first-grade talent. Um, he was hurt a lot of this past year, so he didn't. He wasn't able to show out the way he did in 2021. And if you look at that 2021 tape, that's a that's number one receiver off the board based off that. I do think because he didn't play last year, it drops a little bit, but it is what it is. Rocky, quick thought on Jackson Smith and Jigba. Well, you got to unmute yourself first. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Jackson uh, is an elite receiver. I think he's one of the best route runners in football. Uh, measurables are strong. He's almost six foot one. He ran uh, quick enough to be a good receiver either on the outside or in, in the slot. Um, yeah, I think he's a great receiver, and I think he's going to make some team really lucky. Even I can't hate on Ohio State receivers because Garrett Wilson's amazing. And as much as I hate and despise Ohio State. Well, I mean, you always they get the best talent. They always get the best talent and their receivers are great. So I can't hate. I mean, you hate you always hate the team that defeats you 20 out of, you know, 22 years. I I mean, I understand. It's it's the beautiful. It's the beautiful essence of not taking an offensive player aside from a backup quarterback for Rodgers for 15 years. And then the moment he's out the door, let's take a receiver in the first round. So we are at Washington. Uh, Jared, why don't you take Washington? Oh, I'm taking Washington. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, 
I hinted at this man before because I thought about taking him for my Jets, but Washington, this is tough because there's an edge rusher who someone had previously mentioned before who I like. His name is Lucas Van Ness. And then there's an offensive lineman who I, I love good offensive lineman. Can, can we give them Broderick Jones? Is that, is that bad to do? This is, this is a mock draft. You can do whatever you want. I think I like Broderick Jones. I'm seeing him really high on a lot of mock drafts. And I, I, I feel like a lot of, every time I look at the Jets, he's usually there. So if he's good enough for the Jets, he's good enough for Washington, who probably just needs uh, a lot of help uh, protecting whoever is throwing the ball. Because they, they have people who can catch the ball. They have some great receivers. And they have some good pieces on defense. So I don't feel like they need – I'm not quite sure what they need because that team is a mess. But really, they need a QB. But I don't know any QBs past Hooker. Like, it was, it, it's, it's the top two guys, and then it's, like, the next two guys, Richardson-Levis, and then it's Hooker. And then I'm sure there's, like, a bunch of mystery names that we'll learn whenever they turn out to be good. Um, but I'm going to give them Broderick Jones, and if anyone uh, has a hot take about that, let me know because I, I'm not quite sure what to do here. But that's that's what my gut's telling me to do. No, I think that's a good, I think that's a, go ahead, John. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, I do too. I, all I really need to say is the current left tackle for the Washington commanders on the, the starter on their depth chart, his last name is Leno. So if you have Leno playing left tackle, you probably want to draft Broderick Jones. That is Fair. Charles yeah. Leno Jr. who was not good enough to stay on the Bears offensive line and end up on Washington's offensive Yeesh. line. And if you watch the Bears at all last year, that should tell you everything you need to know about their uh, their offensive line. All right, so that brings us to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jared, why don't you go back to back here and go ahead and make a uh, pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Another interesting case where I'm looking at a lot of different mock drafts and I'm seeing a lot of different needs and I'm seeing a lot of different picks for them. Uh, they're always good despite whoever's on the roster because Tomlin is is top tier coach so I feel like he can take anyone and do anything he kind of wants with it but again I'm going to go with my gut and say that taking a player from Pennsylvania in this case Penn State worked out well for Pickett so I'm going to take Joey Porter Jr. And I'm going to go ahead and say that if you got Pickett and I think they just traded for Allen Robinson, is that correct? That is correct. That trade yes, was finalized is. today. Why don't you upgrade the defense a little bit? Um, I think they still have Devin Bush, mm-hmm. Michigan alum. Uh, I, I, I feel like they're always just like sneaky good. And yeah, they could, they could use a, a Joey Porter Jr., Again, well, feel free to, to to hot take me on this one. Well, the thing about Pittsburgh too is they're also like the way you mentioned Ohio State always producing good receivers. Pittsburgh always gets those receivers like the third or fourth round. You're never going to see them draft a first round receiver again because the guys that draft in the third and fourth round just turn out great. Um, Joey Porter, I mean, his dad was a star on the Steelers for like 12 years. It's a good fit. So it's a great fit. They need the help at corner. They lost Cam Sutton to the Lions. So I, I like the pick. That's a really good pick. Um, speaking of the lions, speaking of the lions, uh, Rocky, you get to pick for them again. Yes. Taking here. I tell you what, I love the Joey Porter pick because that would have been my pick right here. 
Um, so you denied me my cornerback that I wanted. So I'm a little bit in a little bit of a conundrum here because I went edge uh, first with my first pick for the Lions. And the other edge that I wanted, Lucas Van Ness, is still here. So it's so tempting to double up and give them both of the edges I wanted. But I'm going to stick with what I think they really need and pick Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback from Oregon. Um, I think they need a cornerback. They lost, just traded uh, Jeff Okuda. And uh, I think Christian Gonzalez is good enough. I like Joey Porter better, but I do think Christian is a good cornerback. I think Christian could end up going to top seven. Like he he is as good, I think, in, in my mind, as Devin Witherspoon, who also fell to 14 in this mock uh, for yeah. the Patriots. So I think for the Lions to go out and get Christian Gonzalez at 18, and then uh, who was the defensive end? Uh, Tyree Wilson? Yeah, Tyree um, Wilson. At six. That's a great haul for them in the first round for a young team. For They just need guys on defense. That's fantastic for them. Um, all right. So that brings us to the reason you all listened. Tampa Bay, 19. There's a lot of ways this team can go here. And I think one of the big things that I mentioned in the open, Devin White could be traded. So you could see this move get this pick be moved up coupled with him. There's there's rumors of him maybe going to Houston and, and then end up with the 12th pick. But for the purposes of this mock draft, he is here at night or with the Tampa Buccaneers, excuse me, are here at 19. And I kind of thought Michael Mayer would be gone. I really like him, but I was certain Lucas Van Ness would be gone. And that is a huge need for the Buccaneers. They need a guy on the edge. So I think Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. uh, Listen, Tristan Wirfs has already said great things about Lucas Van Ness. And they played together at Iowa. I think Lucas Van Ness was a uh, a freshman when, when Wirfs was in his last year there. You bring in a guy like that, you're going to put him on the defensive line next to Vita Vea. Nothing but good things can really happen there, in my opinion. Um, anybody have any takes on Lucas Van Ness finally getting off the board? Um, I have kind of felt like Lucas Van Ness is one of these folks whose stack, stock is getting artificially inflated from the draft process. This is a guy who did not start on his own team. And granted, Iowa has always been really good defensively. Um, but he did not start on his own team. Now, if we were talking NBA, well, obviously Patrick Williams and Scotty Barnes at first did not start on their team, but there's only five slots there. Um, it, it, that is the one thing that really bothers me about Lucas Van Ness. I'm not saying that that means he won't be a good player, but that would concern me that he got, you know, this far through his career, never starting, and then suddenly is getting pumped up as you know, a mid first round pick that, you know, would make me raise my eyebrows. He very well could turn out to be a great player, play inside, play outside, rush on third down, sub packages, you know, given the need for a pass rush for a successful NFL team, you might even say a sub package rusher is worth it at that point. But that's the thing that gives me pause. Yeah, that's, that's fair. But I will say that the one thing Iowa does that not every college team does is they like to rotate those guys in and out, whether you're a senior, whether you're, you know, a a red shirt freshman, if you're in there on the team, if you're playing, everybody gets playing time, there's no favorites there. And I think what Lucas Van Ness showed when he was on the field, even though he technically wasn't the starter, 
was dominant. You know, he's able to get after a quarterback in a way most of these guys in the draft can only dream of. So for me, Lucas Van Ness makes sense around this range, maybe a little higher. He's not top 10 worthy, in my opinion. Um, but at 19, I think he is the right fit for what Tampa needs and wants. Yeah, I think this year he might be a situational edge, but um, I do think he's compelling. I, I agree with what John was saying. He didn't start, but when he was on the field, he most most of the time made an impact. All right, so we've established that pick tap like Lucas Van Ness. Number 20, Seattle's back on the clock. That means John's back on the clock. I'm so excited. My guy's still here. This was who was, I was hoping to fall. This uh, Going back to the, the two-time defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs, Nolan Smith. Oh, that's... Um, mm. the, edge, the edge rush, the athleticism, the football instincts. I mean, you think about the mold of a lot of the pass rushers that... Uh, that Seattle has had like folks like Bruce Irvin, that type of thing in the past. They always seem to have this guy who is a little undersized as an edge, but somehow always piles up numbers. Um, you know, I, and that, that scheme has been the same since Pete Carroll has been there. They need help on that defense. They need, um, you know, help all along, you know, the defensive front. I just, for Nolan Smith in the Seattle defensive system is just really exciting to me. I, I completely agree. That's a guy I was also, if Lucas Van Ness had been gone at 19, I think Nolan Smith probably would have ended up being the pick um, there, even though Michael Mayer was still there tempting me. Uh, this is a great pick for Seattle. They have to rebuild that defense. It was really bad last year. And if they can get these pieces um, like a Jalen Carter, like a Nolan Smith in there to help propel this team along. And remember, they also brought back um, uh, Bobby Wagner. So you have a veteran presence there who was there for many years. He can help lead these younger guys along and maybe speed up the process of them being uh, super, uh, uh, what's the word, contributors to the Seattle defense. Now let's move on here. The L.A. Chargers. So uh, the, the Dolphins forfeited their pick. It wasn't really forfeited. Uh -huh. so it was taken away. So the Dolphins don't get to pick in the first Fuck round. It, Miami. <laughs> um, so Jared – you're picking for the Chargers. What you got? I am picking for the Chargers, and I really thought about taking a receiver because every receiver on the Chargers gets hurt every year if you've <laughs> owned anything in fantasy. But I, I'm, I'm swayed by the ringer who made a great case for this man. I'm going to take Miles Murphy if he's still available. He is. Oh, my. Yeah. And the reason I'm going to do that is because the Chargers play in a division with Patrick Mahomes. Who is who's the best thing since sliced bread? And you need to knock him down to win those games. And so you got to take a guy who can knock down Patrick Mahomes. That is his only job. Just tell him to do that and take every other game off, win those games, and then you can become relevant and not take a nap in December and January like they do every single year. So that's my reasoning. So Miles Murphy, he gets to play two games out of the season, sit the other 15, just the two against the Chiefs, the only one that matters. Um, let's not forget, this is also a team that was up big in the wild card round against Jacksonville and then found a way to uh, not advance. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, that that was a real Falcons move if there ever was one. <laughs> Maybe the Chargers are the new Falcons, as the Falcons can't quite make it to the playoffs as of right. The Falcons now. are the NFC chokers, and the char- and the Chargers are the AFC chokers. Uh, no, I'll buy that. That's that's one hundred percent true. Um, moving on, the Baltimore Ravens, who currently, as it stands right now, don't have a quarterback unless you want to consider Tyler Huntley their quarterback. Uh, Lamar is in this limbo thing. They just brought in Odell Beckham for a year. Rocky, who do you have them taking here at number 23 or 22, I guess, because 21 was forfeited. So let me start by saying I hate the Ravens, like just absolutely hate this team. That being said, if Lamar Jackson comes back, they're intriguing Odell is still going to be a decent receiver. Rashad Bateman is an exciting receiver to me. You've got Mark Andrews. You've got a healthy JK back. You've got Gus Bus. And if Lamar comes back, their offense looks like one of the better offenses in the AFC. So I'm going to go to defense and I'm going to shore up a, a corner they just weren't very strong last year. They had some injuries. They're getting a little bit old. And so I'm going to go Deontay Banks. Deontay Banks out of Maryland. This is around where most people have him going. Um, it is a need. I think that's a great pick for them. Um, I was tempted I to go. Time. Well, I was tempted to go another receiver to try to really placate Lamar and bring him back. But I honestly think he's coming back anyway. So I'm going to go with best player to fit the need. All right. Fair enough. So Minnesota is up next and uh, they cut one of their uh, big time players over the last few years, Adam Thielen, now a Carolina Panther. So you have Justin Jefferson, who you can make the argument is the best receiver in football right now. They need a guy next to him. And, you know, I think, this could have been a place if Jack Smith and Jigma uh, slides. He does not slide past here. This is the furthest down he at the board he will go. Um, but having said that, I think Jordan Addison is the guy here out of USC. Very quick, great route runner. I think he fits very well with Justin Jefferson uh, with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. So have fun with that. Uh, for me, it's Jordan Addison. That makes perfect sense for the Minnesota Vikings here at pick number, whatever pick we're at, 24. Yeah, something like that. This yeah, this would have been my pick at, if I went receiver with the Ravens. He he's a great great receiver, and he did it right. in two different offensive systems. Two yeah, he did different offensive systems. Um, obviously, he didn't put up the sheer eye popping production at USC that he did at Pittsburgh, because there's a ton of talent at USC that wasn't at Pittsburgh. Um, well. You know, I know Rocky made the case that Smith and Jigba might be the route, best route runner in the draft. Uh, if it's not Smith and Jigba, and we, who knows if he, he's still the best one um, after his year off, then it's definitely Addison. Yeah, it's a very fair – that's a very fair statement, John. No, I, I, that's extremely fair. Um, moving on, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are suddenly relevant again in the NFL – uh, Trevor Lawrence is looks like he could be the real deal. Rocky. Oh no, no I'm sorry. Uh, who I have taken them, John, you're ta- you're picking for the Jaguars. All right. Um, 
So you mentioned Trevor Lawrence. Um, we've had uh, Jared Russo tell us over and over again that you, you know, you either need a QB or you need to give a QB weapons or protect them or on the other side, knock the other QB down. That's correct. Um, so they just lost Jawan Taylor in free agency. He went to the Chiefs. Chiefs think he can play left tackle, but he was playing right tackle in Jacksonville and the best right tackle, like pure right tackle in the draft. Like we've heard, oh, Skaronsky might play left tackle. He might play guard. There's other folks. Uh, Broderick Jones, people are saying, oh, he could play either side. But Darnell Wright was a so-so left tackle at Tennessee. And they moved him to the right side his senior year. And he was a dominant right tackle. He is a pure right tackle. You probably don't want him playing the left side. If you, if you take him in the first round and you plan on playing him on the left side, you probably drafted him three or four rounds too early. But on the right side, slotting right into where Jawan Taylor left, Darnell Wright at 24. I, you know, that's a guy that I think the Bucks have to consider also at 19 because they need to have another tackle. They cut uh, Donovan Smith in the offseason. They're moving Tristan Wirfs to left tackle. So being able to get someone like that uh, for a team like Tampa and for Jacksonville in this scenario works out very well. Uh, I think Darnell Wright is a guy who can be there for the next 10 years probably uh, at the tackle position for Jacksonville. Now, one of our uh, one of us is currently in New York, so why not pick for all of the New York picks uh, in this first round? Jared Russo, you got the New York Giants. Uh, my father is a lifelong uh, Giants fan, and uh, even though they won two Super Bowls, you know, in my lifetime, hates Eli Manning. I find that very funny. Uh, <laughs> hates his demeanor, hates his face. I I can't explain it, but for the Giants. I found out that they tied last for interceptions last season. And I think they need talent. They need some picks. They need some help way back in that defense. And they need smart kids from good schools with good coaching. Uh, So I'm going to take Brian Branch, the safety from Alabama, also listed under their needs. The Giants is safety. So I feel like this is a natural pick. I think, I think branches of safety could go anywhere from anywhere in the middle of the first round. Um, if he goes number 11, 12, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, also, I mean, we did this entire mock draft. He dropped all the way to here. So he could go anywhere really from 11 on to me um, in this draft. Very high upside guy. Uh, I think he would fit very well with the Giants and what Brian Dayball and um, Wink Martindale are doing there in New York. All right, so my favorite team in the league. Totally kidding. I hate this team so much. The Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys! So this is, uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty easy choice here. Um, I know that Dalton Kincaid has gotten a lot of run lately. But I'm going to stick with Michael Mayer at tight end from Notre Dame. Um, They just lost Dalton Schultz. They need to replace it. Um, Dak loves to use his tight end. And um, I think it's a logical choice. I'm a little bit less sure about Dalton than some people. I've seen Michael produce on the field against some pretty good competition. He's also, a much better, he's also a much better blocker. 
And yes. that's going to be important because uh, McCarthy has said he is going to emphasize the run more than Kellen Moore did now that he's taking over the play calling. And yes. Kincaid basically blocks in name only. He's pretty yeah. much a receiver only. Yeah. I, I don't like the Cowboys at all, so I hate this pick because uh, it works out so well for them. It's, it's 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 a huge need, and I think Michael Mayer is going to be a star. I think I think as long as he ends up in the right offensive system, he's going to be a elite tight end in the next couple of years. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. When when Notre Dame played Ohio State, Michael Mayer consistently got open found ways to find the gap in, 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 in our zone. Um, he, he looked great and he did that all last year. So Buffalo comes up next. I think this pick is actually a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, I, I was torn between two guys, both of them defensive line. Um, Brian Brisset was my first lean because this guy was slated to go in the top 10 back in January but he's fallen while Kalijah can say from Pittsburgh has risen up the boards. I think Buffalo takes uh, Kalijah and lets Brian Brisset stay there on the board. Fits there on that defensive line very well. I think just a great fit for them. I don't have a lot to add. Just He's good. Uh, so Cincinnati, we have four picks left. Cincinnati, uh, uh, the New Orleans Saints, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to make a quick audible because I see you guys the order already. Rocky, I'm going to have you actually pick here for uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. So this, uh, give me one moment to collect my thoughts here. Yeah, why'd you call an audible? That's not fair. So each of us gets a pick in the last four. Rocky will pick here for the Bengals. You'll pick for the Saints. John will pick for the Eagles, and I'll pick for the Chiefs. Okay, maybe that is fair. Uh, yeah. By the way, it doesn't it seem like every year half of these guys end up just being draft busts? Like we never hear about them and they just they get hurt or they're like not good. And we're like hyping them all up. Half these guys are going to suck. It's just the way it goes. It is the way it it's, goes. But people love yeah. it. I find that so I, fascinating. I think uh, it's easy to fall in love with, uh, you know, college seniors and juniors, you know. You watch them in the combine. You watch them in college against other collegiate players. And, man, it's easy to fall in love. Um, Cincinnati's interesting to me. I still think they need offensive line help. But I also think they need some tight end help. But I'm going to trust my instincts and pick up Anton Harris, uh, Harrison oh, okay. here. From Oklahoma, you know they they did pick up Orlando, and that was a great signing. But they immediately lost another offensive lineman, and so I'm just going to shore up what has been a weak spot for them for the last couple of years, and try to keep Joe Burrows on his feet. Um, my son's favorite. <coughs> excuse me, my son's favorite team is Bengals, so I pay a little bit more attention to them. Um, I've one pairing that I've really seen interesting with the offensive line help obviously on the board as it is right now Harrison makes the most sense but I've seen a couple people go with Daywan Jones and I, that's a really interesting combination to me 
because Orlando Brown is a massive human being on the left side. And Daywan Jones is an even more massive person on the right side. And I think that would just be incredibly fun if Cincinnati maybe reached for Daywan Jones at this rather than Anton Harrison, simply yeah. so we could be like the largest tackle combination in the NFL protecting Joe. Yeah. I didn't want to pick him because I felt like you guys would say it was a homer pick. Um, but he is just a mountain of a man and I would not at all be unhappy with that. I do think somebody may reach for him in the first round and I think they're going to be pretty excited and pretty happy about that pick. So Anton Harrison there off the board, I was certain it was going to be Delta Kincaid, but, but you're, you know, we've I, talked about already. Jared's made multiple times quarterback, the most important offensive lines, number two. So Jared, who's, uh, who's me playing with Derek Carr this year in new Orleans. So this is the second man whose first name is Brian. I will be taking in a row. Uh, I took Brian branch for the giants. I want to take Brian Reese here from everything I'm reading. A lot of mock drafts have this man going to the saints because apparently the saints cleaned out their defensive tackle position. They just don't have anyone playing defensive tackle. So get, get one at least, uh, I mean, you you do need to have someone on that opposing line. So might as well start here with a guy from Clemson. No, right now I can make the depth chart. That's how bad their defensive line is. And That's what I keep reading. I don't have an issue with that. I think they should leave it like it is. I, I think the worse the Saints are, the better it is for everybody else. Wow. Uh, that's that's I'm not I'm not trying to be biased or anything. I'm just saying it like it is. Uh, John, you picked for the Eagles earlier. Bijan Robinson was the first pick. Um, who's the second pick in the first round for them? So uh, this was going to be Brian Branch until a few picks ago because Brian Branch fits that uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson role perfectly where he lines up in the slot, lines up at free safety, moves all over. Um, that's what where I've been pegging Brian Branch this whole time. But if the Giants go like in this mock and swipe him, you know, handful of picks ahead. Uh, and if some of the defensive tackles like Brian Bersay and Kalijah Kansi uh, also get taken, makes this a, a hard pick again. But if there's one thing that we've seen that Howie Roseman will, will never think that he has drafted enough pass rushers. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think, you know, we, we, we see some coming from, you know, the defensive end. Uh, so, you know, Will McDonald is actually projecting more as like an outside linebacker. So I think um, it's going to totally break the, the PFF ranking. But <laughs> I've seen rank on like Ringer and ESPN. I've seen this guy rank much higher. We're going to go with Keon White from Georgia Tech. I like that pick. I, I... You know, PFF has them ranked here. You guys are seeing it. People listening cannot see it. They have him ranked 120th. I think he's a he's a first round, like end of the first round, early second round grade. That's where I see him as well. So I think this is a good pick for them. I mean, the rich get richer and it sucks for the rest of us. But it is what it is. I, I really like that pick a lot. So that brings us to the Kansas City Chiefs who just won the Super Bowl. They, they're kind of in the Eagles position where they have like, you know, 
all the toys. What, what more do they need? I think defense is the way they're going to go here. Um, he's a guy that's a couple of mocks that we've looked through. He is in them um, at going to the Chiefs at 31. It is BJ Ajula. Oh, my God. I said this so perfectly before we recorded. I practiced it, and now I can't say it. BJ Ojulare. Ojulare. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that's what I said. One hundred percent. I don't know why I could say it so perfectly before you guys came on the Zoom call, and then the moment that it came around to me to actually say it, I just like uh, the guy from LSU. Uh, he's a great fit for what the Chiefs want to do, um, as far as being able to have those edge rushers rush the passer, all that kind of fun stuff. I think he is the right uh, right guy for the Chiefs at that position. But the thing is, the Chiefs kind of the same thing as the Eagles. They could go so many different directions because they don't have a lot of needs. I just think he's a guy that that will only help to make this team better than what they are. Um, that's it. We finished the first round. Took about an hour and a half. Not bad. Woo! Screenshot this bad boy and we're gonna stick it in the post for the podcast. I will download the entire first round of the draft. So the people who don't listen to the podcast just want to know what we picked can just look at it real quick and then move along with their lives. For the people who want to listen, this has been the podcast. Is there anybody who wasn't drafted in the first round that you're surprised is still on the board in our, in our mock draft? I have uh, slightly fallen in love with uh, UCLA's quarterback. I think he's got a lot of high upside. Um, Dory, I, I'm blanking on his last name. Dorian, Thompson. It's something Thompson. Yeah, Thompson. Um, there it is. John got it. Yeah, I kept want to say I, Dorian Finney Smith, but I'm getting my sports mixed up. In in fact, um, you know Tampa Bay, they have the audacity to be starting Baker Mayfield. I thought that should have been their pick, um, but otherwise. No, this is a this is a really good list. List. Yeah. I happen to think DGR definitely won't go first round. I happen to think Hooker probably won't go first round, but hey, that was fun. Um, I will say the the you know if I'd gone on the other side of the line to finish out with the Eagles, um, I don't necessarily think he'll go first round, but he's really in this neighborhood. It would be Osiris Torrance. Because, yeah, you can pick a guard at 30, and that's not a bad pick. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, again, Howie Roseman can go in so many different directions. But I think if, if there's no particular hole, and we don't think the Eagles have a lot, he's probably going to build up one side of the line in a scrimmage or another. Uh, Will McDonald is somebody else who, you know, I've seen plenty of mocks at him or Felix. Kansas State, I don't feel like yeah. Duke, Duke, um, that really that guy from Northwestern who tested really well. If somebody does fall in love with the measurables, he could go first round. But I don't think there's any like shocking omissions. Um, I've heard Jalen Hyatt maybe very rising through the ranks. And so, if, you know, somebody reached for a receiver near the end of the first round, it might be Hyatt. You know, they really want a vertical threat, something like that. But there's no like egregious misses, I think. Um, you know, what you hear about this draft is, you know, obviously it's got more quarterbacks than last year. It's got a fair amount of defensive talent, but it's also, you know, anywhere from like pick 15 to 20 through pick like 
50 are people who are very stacked very close together. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think a lot of those guys in the middle of the first round, like you just said, they could go any sort of order there. Um, and I think for me, the one guy that I, I kind of think will go in the actual draft, but I think the way a lot of us approach this draft for the four of us, um, I think Dalton Kincaid will be a first round pick. It just the way we drafted and the way we addressed the needs of the teams we were assigned. It made sense to me. He didn't necessarily go in the first round. The only potential spot would have been Dallas, but I think Michael Mayer is the better tight end option, even though for some reason, Duncan K is going to end up going before Michael Mayer. It's just the way it is. Jared, do you have any thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are go jets. Let's get this. Let's get this <laughs> trade done. Let's get, let's get him in the building. Uh, just just make sure no one listens to any conspiracy theories and if he wins uh let's go jets yeah if if in a week from now when the draft takes place he hasn't been traded to the jets yet i will be stunned we'll see what happens after that blown away they're haggling over 2025 draft we could be dead by then get it done let's go come on (laughs) so all right he's looking for a good uh I think he's looking for an ayahuasca supplier in the greater New York area. We'll find a lot. He hasn't, hasn't quite found it yet. Some guy in Penn Station will in a with a backpack. He can find some. John, I I'm think really, you have one more thought there. Yeah, I'm really interested in fi- figuring out uh, what are the odds going to be on whatever conditional future pick is part of this compensation. Like, what are the odds going to be that that's going to be a fourth, third, second, first rounder based on the playing time for Aaron Rodgers because nobody knows how long he wants to play football. And that's going to be a really fascinating betting line to follow once they make the trade. I can't believe anyone could like, like, like you could put a price tag on like anything that man is thinking. Like no one knows what he's doing. He's probably lying through his teeth every single time he speaks to the media. Like how could you assign a draft pick value to like, anything he says like oh i thought about retiring and like yeah maybe i'll play a few more years like take nothing he says at face value like that, yeah. to me that's like bonkers but yeah i would just be win. just win i i would be as surprised to see him retire right now as i would to see him play another four years i i He's just don't think million reasons to keep playing yeah i i just don't think any of us know what he's thinking he loves the attention. He loves the money. And if he can win another ring, terrific. Good for us. But he's not going anywhere. He loves the attention. I have not seen anybody uh, at this position who loves the attention more than Aaron Rodgers does. Uh, that's why he has an hour every week on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, <laughs> so real quick, before we go, Rocky, do you have anything you want to plug? What's, what's your podcast? Uh, our podcast is The Guys on Sports and The Guys on Draft. Um, and they normally come out on Thursdays um, on YouTube and on Spotify, anywhere that you listen or watch podcast. Jared, what do you want to plug? Um, the only thing I got to plug is uh, if you enjoy listening to Mr. Jared Ross King talk about sports, uh, he and I have been doing a fantasy basketball podcast for, what, two years now? I think uh, it won a Peabody, to- right? Yeah, it's called Supermax. It won a yeah. Pulitzer and, uh, <laughs> and, a no- and a Nobel Prize. I assume it started with P. Supermax is about uh, salary cap leagues, but we talk about like, you know, cap numbers, 
for fantasy and about the teams and worst contracts and and we do rookie stuff and i think maybe once a month throughout the rest of the summer we'll probably touch in on some rankings some preseason rankings but uh but otherwise yeah that's about it john um i'm too deep in the grading crunch at the end of the semester to be plugging anything <laughs> but um, yeah leave him alone he's he's I'm off the grid He'll be free Cinco de Mayo uh, and he'll have a drink. Uh, and maybe we all will. We'll see. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, and, and thank you for for drafting for these teams. I know some of us hate the teams we had to draft for, but, you know, it's what it is. Uh, and thank you all for listening. This has been the Sports Ethos Bucks podcast, and I will get the name right eventually. I think that's it. We'll find out. Anyway, we'll see you after the draft. Gotta hit stop.